Hi, I'm Alexis. And I'm Dre. This is Altered, a wedding podcast that focuses on weddings affected by the pandemic. And everything in between. Each week, we will talk to different couples from all over. And wedding vendors across the world. To show that even though we may be going through unprecedented times, your special day is still within reach. Uh, our next episode of Alter takes me way back, way back to my childhood days. I've got a friend of mine all the way from Maryland who's got a big business now. Jocelyn, how you doing, girl? I'm fabulous. How are you? Good to see you and hear your voice again after all this time. What do you do now and who are you with? What's happening here? I own a company along with my husband and our business partners called Simply Fresh Events. We are basically a full event and catering company who does weddings, bar and bat mitzvahs, company parties. We do disaster catering. We do everything, florals, everything and anything in between. And I have my event coordination team here with me. There are three of us. Myself, Nicole, and Hillary, and we are really excited to be here and talk about our experiences over the past year. Wonderful. Thank you for being here. Nicole, what is your title? So I'm a lead event coordinator and event designer. I made up my own title. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do Because that's what we do here. I, I've been with the company. I'm in my fifth year now, which is crazy. And I'm a wedding coordinator, event planner. Social um, media guru. I manage our social media marketing. A little bit of everything. That's what we all do around here is we just fill in the gaps where we can. <laughs> and same to you, Hillary. I'm not as important as Nicole. I don't do social media. <laughs> that is not that, true. That is patently untrue. Yes, I am an event coordinator. I am the official scribe of our little group when we have meetings. Like Nicole said, we all just jump in and do whatever needs to be done. We were of the impression that you did mainly catering. Can you tell us a bit about the services that Simply Fresh Events provides? Oh my gosh. What don't we provide, I feel like, at this point in our day? So we obviously provide catering. We also provide florals. We will provide connections to transportation. And we do event decor. Entertainment. Entertainment. Joggers. Jogglers. Jogglers. (laughs) Jogglers. We had a client who wanted a joggler. And I was like, she just must have had a typo. But no, a joggler is a thing. It's somebody who runs and juggles at the same time. You should definitely look it up on YouTube. It's definitely look it up on YouTube. We've been doing a lot of disaster catering as far as feeding COVID patients. We've been feeding a lot of vaccine clinics recently. My husband has been helping sell PPE because we have different vendors than hospitals do. One of the things that we've shifted to... It's pivot! Pivot! pivot. Um, That's the hashtag. We can get latex gloves from our food providers and hospitals don't have those same connections. So one of the things that we've done is make those connections to allow our local hospitals and clinics to be able to get the supplies that they really need. We also have been donating a ton of meals to homeless shelters and food banks. We have a lot of people that we just send to the homeless shelters and the the food banks to work. They get paid for it, but we send them that way. So I feel like Everything and anything is what we are providing these days. Obviously, our goal is to go back to our catering events, and we do them all the time, but it's definitely different than it was before. Was that something that was always the case and doing a lot of different wonderful things, or has that kind of grown over the years? No, we definitely have always tried to be turnkey. 
one of the things that our clients like about us a lot is that they only have to reach one of us. When you're planning your event, you're not having to call a million people and organize through a million different vendors. You can just call us and everything is right there. So that has been, I think, one of the main reasons why we've gotten a lot of business Mm -hmm. because it's easy. You're not having to reach out to so many different people. No, for sure. Hearing about that and all the checklists and how every kind of vendor has their own checklist and having to keep everything organized with the timeline, that makes so much sense. I think a lot of people would be drawn to that for that very reason. Our event coordination team has probably grown the largest. It started out with just me. And then I was like, I can't do every one of these weddings. I also had a baby. So that also, I was like, I can't do any weddings after this weekend. Um, (laughs) So we are Nicole. And I was like, oh, Nicole, I'm having a baby in like three weeks. So let's get on the same page. <laughs> it was a quick turnaround. And then we brought Hillary in. We definitely have part-time people as well. It sounds like Simply Fresh Events has had really positive growth over the years. What was business like pre-pandemic? Our business was really great. It was really growing. When I was hired as a part-time coordinator to do about eight weddings a year. <laughs> <laughs> my, my first year, I did 19 Wow. And that was fewer than Nicole and Jocelyn did. But our business was really growing. We really had a lot of standard procedures in place. We had warehouse people that knew exactly how to load our trucks, and that's all they did. We had other people that just worked our events. We really had a very well oiled machine going. We were getting bigger and bigger. We had well over 100 people that worked for us. Yeah. We were on track of 90 weddings yes. booked for on 2020. For 90 weddings in 2020. We still did a lot. A lot. A lot more than you'd think. I would say we did yeah. at least 40. Yeah, at least. Business was great. It really was. And then came March. And, then- <laughs> and actually, the, the ironic part is that Nicole and I were actually at this huge catering convention that week, like the world shut down. We were all in Las Vegas. We flew in on Monday. And by Wednesday, the world had fallen apart. Yeah, like yeah. It was that fast. And then we still had to fly home. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you were in Vegas when you found out that news. Wow. By Wednesday, we were like, are we even going to be able to leave? And was it just, was it announced at the trade show? No, we started getting calls from clients. March is a big private school banquet and gala month. We do a lot of their fundraisers. And we started getting calls from some of those while we were still in Vegas. Especially because we all thought it was in the last two weeks and then be back to work. Yeah. When we were flying out, we discussed all of us that had been to Vegas were going to quarantine for two weeks. Then everything would get back to normal. Everything would be fine. And then we never came back. No. Like we all, that was it. Like that was the last time we were all together. That was the last time we were as a company all in person. And then uh, we all took our laptops home and we've yep. all been working. This is home. honestly, we were talking about, this is the first time the three of us have been together in the same room since probably March of yep. last year. Wow. Aww. Thanks for bringing us together, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Altered, bringing quarantine people together. <laughs> Safely, safely, safely. Safely. Business ground to a halt when everything started to worsen last year. In terms of the immediate impact for your business, how did you guys figure out a plan to move forward? I know that must have been so insane to have all these weddings ahead of you that year. 
it was challenging because like everyone else in the world, we had no idea what was going to happen from one day to the next. And the news would come out that everything was okay. And then everything was very much so not okay. So we really just took it one client at a time, one wedding at a time and just held their hand and said, how do you feel? What do you want to do? We're here for you. We're partners in this. We're here to support you. And what does this look like for you? And in the beginning, it was a lot of postponements and still is. Then maybe several postponements for clients. We have several clients that have moved two, three times because they just wanted the goalposts to still be within this year or within a certain period of time. And then we had a lot of people that were like, screw it, we just want to get married. So we're going to do it just the two of us in our apartment. And we did a meal where we dropped it off outside their door and then they opened the door and took it. And we never had to be face to face. Or we did small six and eight person weddings that were well within the mandates of our state or county. We stuck with it within those safety guidelines. And some of our clients just wanted to move forward because the big party wasn't the important part, but they just wanted to be married. They wanted that feeling of being married. Very much individual to each client as far as how they feel, but a lot of postponements and very few cancellations, which is really awesome. They trusted us enough to move it and to secure their date and their event to another date. We all feel so badly for our clients that have to make this decision because each one of them, I know your clients have asked me, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. I can't tell you that. Like, I, I wish no I could. Yep. I wish yep. I could. A lot of people holding, a lot of therapy phone calls. Mm-hmm. Some crying. Some, a lot of crying. Because mm-hmm. there are clients I've been working with since 2018, mm-hmm. 2019, and they still haven't gotten married yet. Yeah. And that's wow. hard for everybody. And it's also hard because now the wedding that they planned may not be the wedding they want now. So now we have to go back and revisit everything, which isn't bad, but it definitely makes for a little more work on our end. It's so interesting that you say that because in my own case, I was supposed to get married in May of 2021. That's now been pushed to May 2022. But because of having a delay and we've now in wanting to not have to wait as long are going to most likely do a mini money in October, which is our 10 year anniversary. Because then we're like, but if we're doing that, is that too close to May? Does that mean we still want to do our Sonoma wedding? And it is so weird because we haven't engaged since 2019 to kind of be like, what do we want now? Like in these changing times with so much uncertainty, even with October. I think this year has really changed people's priorities. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Things that were super important to them pre-pandemic are just, they don't care. Like they're like, I just want to get people together. You know what I mean? I just want to see X. And it's not what they they weren't saying that pre-pandemic. It's like COVID has given them permission to have the wedding they want as opposed to the big flashy wedding that maybe moms and dads wanted. That's really interesting. And I've heard that from several friends who are in this weird engaged limbo right now. We've done a lot of small weddings because for a while in our county, we could do under 50 people. And so we've done 50 people. We've done 10 people. I had one that was 27 people. And honestly, I have enjoyed those actual days more because it means more to the bride and groom because they're not just running around trying to say hi to everybody. They're getting to spend time with their guests and it is more intimate and emotional. I had a client who was just lovely and they were like, we're getting married no matter what in October and then we'll have a big party later. And they were like, you know what? This was my wedding of my dreams and I can't imagine it now being any other way. I don't even need to have the big party. And they did it right. They had a four course meal. They had all the things that they wanted. They're like, why do we need to do this again? So that's been really interesting too. I think people are not needing to have as many people. The ones that have decided to have the small ceremony 
ceremony and then put off the big party, a lot of them have said, do we need this big party? Because as Nicole said, it's what other people expected, not necessarily what they wanted. So they've had a chance to reevaluate what they want. For sure. And when you're given that freedom, if you're doing a wedding that's not necessarily culturally based, I think it's easier to go that route as opposed to we've talked to people that have had Indian weddings or a lot of Persian weddings, the idea behind weddings are the huge celebration. Hearing people get back to just the intimacy of the ceremony and what that is to share it too. I think back, my wedding was 200 plus people, which is a lot. And it was amazing that we were able to still accomplish that level of intimacy with all those people. And I think when I look back on it, I'm like, it's great that I was able to share that with so many people. But then there's also a part of me that's, I share that with a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) And we then we posted it. (laughs) You're like, and now I've shared it with a lot more people. (laughs) I think this is a very loaded question, but what has been the biggest letdown this past year? Piggybacking on what we were just talking about, I think it's shouldering the letdown for our clients. We've managed to stay above water, which we're very grateful for. And that's a lot of the work from the PPE that we're selling and such. We're very lucky as caterers that we're still here and still have clients. But I think for me, and I, I think I speak for the other two here, it's really handling the letdown from our clients and how sad and bereft. And these people have been planning one of the biggest days of their lives and the choice and the decision-making and the hand-wringing. There's a lot of support that we get towards that advice that we try to give and try to be accurate on, but sometimes not. And a lot of times it's just being on the phone with someone trying to make a really hard decision, trying to figure out who to uninvite if they have to have their wedding, what's their A-list and their B-list. And Mm -hmm. it's a lot for one person. And again, pre-COVID, you'd laugh and say, it's just the day, but you see now how much emotional weight that day carries for people and having to make a really tough decision. So I think as far as it goes for us, the letdown has been on our client's behalf. I've been keeping an eye on your social media page leading up to this week's interview and seeing your incredible food photos. I guess this question is for Nicole. What has been your approach to keeping social media active? In the beginning, we talked a lot about COVID and you know how to keep yourself safe. And eventually we realized that everyone knows COVID is happening. We don't need to keep bringing it up. So while it's important to keep featuring, we talked about some of our PPE sales. We did some virtual wedding shows to help keep that in the forefront of some of the venues that we're most active at. Keeping it positive, throw, throwbacks to weddings, love isn't canceled, trying to keep it positive and let people know we're still here, we're still in business, your business is still safe with us. And also we've been using this time to come up with new food items. Whenever we do tastings, we're we're constantly experimenting. Like Jocelyn said, staff meal around here is a lot of experimentation these days, which is super fun to be guinea pigs for. So we take a lot of photos of that. It's just trying to keep it fresh, exciting, diverse, and not so depressing. Or like every day doing a throwback. We want to keep it fresh Fresh. and Mm -hmm. like simply fresh. Um, And also talking about like our nonprofit stuff that we do. I think that's been a big thing because that is something that we're really proud of. Proud of letting people know we're not just a caterer. We're here for the community. Especially during this time. I think that would really resonate with so many. Are there any resources that you've come across that vendors have found useful? I know that you guys facilitate being the vendors or at least find them if you have to outsource, but any resources that you've been able to find during this time that have been really useful during the planning stages of events? We have some of our own internal things that we've come up with that I think have been really helpful for us. We have a a detail sheet that we use for the client that we've been able to refine because we've had time. Always 
When yeah. we have time, we'll do this. And we yeah. found the time. Yeah. There's a network of caterers out there on Facebook and Instagram and seeing what they're doing, what's being successful for them. I find to be helpful and useful when we need it. You can always reach out. Hey, we have a client who wants to do this and it's COVID. Has anybody done this before? Does it work? So that's super helpful too. Specifically during COVID, we as a profession really started a lot of conversations on, I want to build my own plexiglass, such and such. Does anyone have a design out there? Or does anyone have an idea where I can find X, Y, and Z for safety measures. And I think together as an industry, we were able to help each other out tremendously in the beginning stages of COVID. And and now we constantly put questions out there. I think Katie answered a question the other day of how many pounds of protein do you expect in a buffet for 200 people? (laughs) And she was like, here's my equation. And they were like, great. And they were in like Canada. Have you acquired any new clients over the past year? We have actually had a lot of new clients. As we talked about before, Our current, a lot of our current clients put off for a year and a half. But then we had other people that came to us and said, I want to get married in a month with 20 people. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, we would put together things very quickly. From the end of July until October, I added five October weddings just mm-hmm. so fast. But then also we've had a lot of people who are so optimistic and we were able to start our tastings again in June. So those people have been signing up for 2021, 2022. We haven't gotten a 23 yet. I have a couple of proposals though. Do we have proposals for 23? But we have had a lot of people, especially starting in the fall, that were like, we need to get on with this planning. So our business now, I have between now and next spring, I have 32 weddings to do. Nicole has close to that. I think I have 31. Yeah, she has 31. No, I'm 32 now. You have 32? I signed a couple the other day. Excellent. I think I have 22. (laughs) But she's got other stuff to do. (laughs) We did nine tastings just last week. Uh Our October is slammed, but we've got openings in July. We've got November, December. People are still coming out of the woodwork. Our sales team is working really hard. Shout out to Buffy. Yay. (laughs) Poor girl. Yeah, the sales team says they get at least three or four leads a day. Nice. Wow. Oh, that's so good to hear. How has that experience been like keeping up with the postponements? We started with a very rudimentary plan. Most of the postponement challenges have been in our accounting and internal software and getting clearances from our lawyers as far as how to protect not only ourselves and our clients from anything that might come up. Do we keep their money? Do we refund it? How do we protect that? What's the system in place to make sure that we move people and we're not moving them on top of each other? How do we keep from double booking ourselves? Which Which we've we've all done. done. We've all done. Uh, I'm like, I got three weddings. What? We got to fix this. Maybe two. And then with the coordination services, we do offer our help with your rehearsals. So if we get a wedding the day prior, how do we manage that with the promises we've already made to our clients? It's been really tricky, but it only took us, what, like three or four months to iron out all all the problems. And I think we're good now, but... We got a Slack channel. That's all you need. You need is a Slack channel. But yeah, it's, it, the tricky part has been mostly just the internal record keeping and logistics and making sure that our clients can still depend on us for the things that we promised them. And then if we need to, moving people around and making yeah. sure that whoever ends up with them, if it weren't their original coordinator, picks up seamlessly where the other left off. Have you worked into your contract 
a clause of how many times you're able to postpone. With our clients, if they need to postpone, then they need to postpone. We don't charge them a penalty at this point. I had a bride say that she had a contract from a DJ that said if she had to postpone, it was going to cost her another $500 to book a new date, which was just horrible to me. It's not these people's fault. And it specifically said if they postponed due to COVID, we don't charge our clients anything. We may not be able to accommodate exactly the date you want. So far, we've been okay. We've also heard horror tales of other caterers either not doing tastings, booking people, Mm -hmm. or charging something like $500 for a tasting for two people just Mm -hmm. because of the prep they have to do or the the safety precautions they have to put in place. We just think is obscene, honestly. We don't charge anything for our tastings. That's part of us trying to get your business. Hello. Yeah. Come on down. Well, as soon as I can fly over there. (laughs) We keep saying case by case, but that's really as we take it mm -hmm. case by case. We want to make sure everybody gets what they need. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of different people that have been engaged during this time who have had very different experiences, whether positive or negative. That's so nice to hear that you guys are really flexible with each couple. We've touched on it throughout, but how do you feel the wedding industry will be affected long term? Well, there's a lot of things I think will happen. One is the days of buffets and grazing tables, things like that, I think are probably done and over because I know that's one of the biggest things that we've switched because it's safer, right? It's less contact, not as many people touching things, breathing on your food, etc, etc. I also think masks aren't going away. You read a lot of articles about, hey, I have the vaccine now what? I think that that trend is not going away. I also think you're going to see weddings trending smaller. I think people are going to find that they like the intimacy and they got close to only a few people because that's all people saw during this time. And so there's not necessarily a need to invite your parents' friends and your friends or your co-workers. You can just really have the people that you want there for your day because it's your day. I think we're going to see a lot of people who are going to weddings during COVID going, oh, I, I don't have to have, this is a really wonderful, sweet experience. I'm now engaged and I want that experience too, even though COVID quote unquote is no longer a thing. I agree with Jocelyn. I think it's one of those things like when you watch TV and movies now and someone like shares a drink or they're like whispering to each other and they're not wearing a mask, you're like, something's <laughs> wrong here. It's so true. This is making me so anxious. And I think that's going to continue psychologically with people as far as the things that they want or don't want as part of their weddings. I think you're going to see the outdoor trend too. We do a lot of outdoor stuff, but I think that trend is going to continue. People feel more comfortable outside. That's just a known fact that people feel comfortable. They can spread out, that there's free ventilation. And so people are going to look for venues that are outdoors because it provides you with some of those safety measures without having to build anything in. I don't think that's changing, but there are people who probably will never go back to not wearing a mask again. So having those safety measures kind of makes everybody feel more comfortable. Absolutely. I know that's something that's so important to me that all my guests, whenever my wedding happens, just that everyone feels safe. We've seen a lot of things that our clients have done for their guests. The bracelets are a big thing where you wear a different color bracelet based on your comfort level. Red means six feet. Yellow means like high five is fine. And then green is I've had my vaccination. Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. (laughs) So I've had guests create quarantine sections of their wedding where people can sit if they're not comfortable, but they still want to I had a wedding where they made everybody go get COVID tested the day before. Mm -hmm. So people are getting really creative to make their guests feel safe. 
I had one groomsman that sat at a table all by himself. Mm -hmm. That was the only reason that he would stay for the reception is if he could sit by himself. I was like, I will give you your own table. No problem. Yeah. A lot more spacing. I had a client that had a bunch of little two top tables for husbands and wives or couples that Mm -hmm. had been in their own bubble. They they were either immunocompromised or whatever, make sure that they felt comfortable coming and they Mm -hmm. would eat their dinner and then they left. A lot of no dancing. Yeah. Really creative ways to make sure their guests felt comfortable coming. I love the bracelet idea. It's so cool and innovative. He was adamant that everyone had to have a bracelet. I was running around with a basket <laughs> trying to find people who didn't. And I was like, you have to wear one. The bride is going, tell me. Just pick one. Pick pick one. Color. <laughs> I don't care what color. Just pick a color. <laughs> and I wonder too with Mass. I wonder if that's something that maybe our culture adopts worldwide because there have been cultures that do wear masks when they themselves are sick to help the general population not. And I wonder if that's something that could go into what we do now too is like, okay, if you have a cold, like mask up because we have we all have 50 masks from <laughs> the pandemic. I also think servers and service providers, I think that will be a thing a lot longer than it is for the general public. I eat you're serving food. Oh, now it's just like latex gloves. Put your gloves on when you serve food, put a hairnet on, wear a mask. Like it could just be part of what becomes your daily training. What's your biggest piece of advice for couples right now? First of all, take a deep breath and relax. It will all be okay. And then just be flexible. You have to be flexible. If you want a certain thing and you want it to be a certain way, then you have to know that you're going to put it off. If you want to do it now, just take that deep breath. It's okay to have an A list and a B list. Everybody feels bad doing that, but you need that now because you just don't know. And if 50 people from your A list decide not to come, go ahead and plug those B list people in. But just relax, take it easy, and it will all be okay. And know that some of the same things, like my brother-in-law is getting married and my mother-in-law called me the other day. She goes, what about a shower? They're only having 10 people at the wedding. Can I invite other people for a drive through shower? I was like, the rules are out the window. Whatever you want to do, you can do. As no, long as it's under the law. Yeah, don't invite 300 people to your wedding in Montgomery yeah. County. That won't work. Yeah, that but it's okay to invite people who aren't going to be invited to this small wedding to mm-hmm. the bridal shower. Like people, it's nothing is expected anymore. I wish right. you could see my air quotes right now. <laughs> because as Hillary said, be flexible. And mm-hmm. being flexible is knowing that it might be different. Mm-hmm. I had a bride that was sure she was going to have 150 people last September. And in August, I finally had to say, all right, the limit is 50 right now, and it's not going to go up. And so I really thought she would postpone, but she surprised me and went down to 50 people and it was beautiful. And she was extremely happy with how it turned out. Her flexibility made a great day for her. So moving into kind of our wrap up, what is your favorite thing about a wedding? I like when the couple gets like a sneak peek of the room that we've set and they go, this is just how I envisioned it. That is my favorite moment because that means I've done my job that I've actually taken their vision from their head and put it and made it into practice. Oh, I think that is my favorite part of a wedding. My favorite part, even though I'm a cynic at heart, at the end of the night when the bride and groom are slightly tipsy and happy and hugging me and thanking me, that is just a wonderful moment for me. Again, it means I've done my job. It means they've had a great day. It means that it it was everything they wanted it to be. And I've been known to shed a tear or two on occasion. Just don't tell anybody. Wait, we're on a podcast. Never mind. (laughs) 
Cat's out of the bag. I love when whoever's standing at the altar sees the one that's coming down the aisle for the first time. I like to watch that person. I really like the English way of doing things when the the groom does not turn around Mm. until the bride gets there. Because just seeing that joy in the person's face is just, that's fun. I like that. She really is cheering up. She really is. (laughs) Get me over here. (laughs) But that's a British tradition? Yes. Yep. If you watch the royal weddings, come on, then you would see that (laughs) the groom does not turn around until the bride gets there. So I just think it's cool. I think it's cool. I like that. Then everybody gets to see his reaction because no one watches the groom. I will say they did watch me, but I also wore a traditional Indian kurta that I had commissioned into a suit jacket. It was a moment. We both walked in. I gave my husband time to walk in alone and then he was there waiting and then... I walk in and it's interesting. I don't even remember what his face. I, there's so much that I don't remember about that because I was such a mess just walking in. What is your favorite wedding song? Jocelyn, what's your favorite wedding song? Shut up and dance with me. <laughs> Nicole has a much better answer than I do. <laughs> My favorite wedding song is When You Say Nothing At All by Alison Krauss. Again, Sappy Squirrel, Inside Cynic. It just gets me every time. And I think it's a highly appropriate song for a first dance. I will say I've had some quite strange first dance uh, mother-son questionable choices that kind of lead into a questionable relationship between mother and son. It's been weird. But yeah, when you say nothing at all. I don't really have one, but I was trying to think of it and we were talking about it beforehand and Nicole said it best. My favorite wedding song is any song that our staff will dance to, which is pretty much any song. Our staff loves to dance. We've got great video, and we keep saying we're going to put it all together in one yes. long video sometime and post it. And we're not talking about dancing in the back. Like, they're out front dancing. On the like, dance floor. On the dance floor. Like some woman or man has pulled them out yes. onto the yep. dance yes. floor. Yep. And every bride and groom loves it. It shows that we're having a good time at your wedding, just as much as your your guests are. So that's my favorite wedding song, Anything We Dance To. (laughs) I'm so excited to see my parents dance. It is going to be a sight. (laughs) (laughs) I was given a suggestion for a first dance because I didn't necessarily have one. And then I felt bad not using it because someone suggested it to me. And I don't even know what that song is. Like now I look back on it and I'm like, I don't remember that song. So long story short, pick the song you want. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. Thank you so much, Jocelyn, Hillary, and Nicole for spending your afternoon, our morning with us, talking about your company, Simply Fresh Events. Guys, they are in the DMV area. If you want any event, not just a wedding, anything, they can take care of you. Hit them up. Follow them at simply fresh events or you can go to simplyfreshevents.com again thank you so much ladies and we will talk to you soon hopefully we can do a wrap up or something you know that was fun yeah thank you so much for having us this is a fun morning for us same thank you we're all here for each other so let's commiserate together if you have any questions or want to share your story email us at info@alteredpodcast.com at After I got engaged, I found myself doing all these traditional wedding things without necessarily knowing the history of them. Why are wedding dresses white? How did the idea of an engagement ring come about? Everyone has different ideas about the wedding party. Where did all that come from? So for our ending bit each week, we'll drop some super random wedding facts. 
So I took a cheeky peek at the history of the British tradition of not turning around until your future partner meets you at the altar. This is not the romantic thing that I would have hoped for. This tradition in actuality dates back to the days of arranged marriages when marriage was rooted in business rather than love. Couples weren't allowed to see one another before the ceremony for fear of them not wanting to go through with it. This is also how veils came to be, keeping the bride's face shrouded in mystery until the very last possible moment. The tradition of fathers giving away their daughters also dates back to arranged marriages. I didn't even know this was a thing, but traditionally the bride would stand to the left of the groom for the wedding ceremony. The reason for this was so that the groom could protect his future wife with his left arm while he had easy access to his sword with his right. That would definitely have been tricky if you were left-handed back in those days. It means so much that you're listening to Altered. I'm Alexis. And I'm Dre. If you're liking what you're hearing, feel free to rate and review at Apple Podcasts.